The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees and Pirates talking trade, maybe. I don't know. Everyone is still asleep. Francisco Lindor probably going to the AL East, but not where you want him. And Brian Cashman unloads on a whole bunch of things and gives a cryptic answer about Masahiro Tanaka that even Masahiro Tanaka's haters will not be comforted by. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcast, And make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. That question can be, where is Evermore? I don't know. Search Taylor Swift. It's not in the podcast section, but it should be there by now. Um, but until then, uh, Thomas, we do have plenty to talk about. Um, starting with this, uh, this semi-bogus Yankees Pirates rumor that I think does have a kernel of truth to it. Um, the half of the trade acquisitions might not make sense, but the other half is kind of this like sneaky, perfect fit. This seems like the, it, this is, this isn't under the radar, but it's kind of under the radar. You know what I mean? It's not your blockbuster acquisition, but it's not, you know, some sneaky raise transaction where they're trying to steal somebody from, you know, beneath the shadows to step up and become an all-star for them. Um, Yankees talking to the pirates about, Josh Bell and Jamison Talion. Is that how you say his last name? I don't even know. Tyon. 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 Uh, he, was he the one who had testicular cancer? Yeah. He's had yeah. a horrible last couple of years. Yeah. Testicular cancer and his second Tommy John. So yeah, I don't good. know when the first one came. It might've been, it, it was, I mean, not in the I main. think that was before. Yeah. That was before he was drafted. I remember that. Cause I remember yeah. uh, covering him a bit as a prospect. Um, but this is kind of right up the Yankees alley, especially because how many times did we hear yesterday, which we'll get into a second into a second that if the Yankees bring back DJ, there is not going to be much spending after that. And that creates a lot of problems because we have needs in the starting rotation. We have needs elsewhere on the roster bullpen. You could 
argue adding one or two guys. Uh, middle infield, you can argue adding another contact bat. Could use a backup third baseman if DJ doesn't really want to be playing the hot corner anymore if he comes back. So there's plenty of things that we have to consider here, but this move potentially would give the Yankees some flexibility and not have them break the bank beyond DJ. Um, obviously, uh, these guys, I believe, are still under team control. Uh, Talion is in his fourth year with the Pirates. Uh, he'll be making – he doesn't even say uh, – next year is his second year of arbitration eligibility, and he did not play in 2020. Um, so he will probably have this, uh, the same salary that he did in 2020, which was $2.2 million. Um, on the other hand, Josh Bell, who's been there for five years, uh, looks like he, that's, he's got to be in his third year of arbitration eligibility, right? Nope, second year are available. So he made $4.8 million last year. Uh, but you know what this means? Luke Voigt could potentially get displaced because I don't see Josh Bell taking a backup role. Uh, Josh Bell's a pretty good player. He's, I don't know if he would exactly, um, you know, lift us to heights that we've been imagining, but all-star in 2019 batted 277 with a 936 OPS, 37 bombs, 116 RBIs, very poor short in 2020, but we're throwing that out the window because it doesn't matter. Uh, he finished third in the rookie of the year voting back in 2017. Um, very weird in between 2018 season. He everything regressed 261 average 768 OPS 12 home runs played in 148 games too and the season prior 26 bombs 800 OPS don't really know what happened there and then came his career year in 2019 uh lefty hitter very important thing to discuss here because that's what the Yankees are looking for not only is he a lefty power hitter but he's proven that when he's at his height he can hit for a little bit of average you know we take we take something in the high 260s low 270s at this point though once again, that's pretty much what Voigt does. So all you're swapping out here is a less reliable hitter who hits from the left side of the plate for a more reliable hitter who hits from the right side of the plate. And you could probably argue Voigt is a little bit better on defense. Um, Talion here would be probably the bigger acquisition. He, assuming he's okay, uh, profiles as a you know top rotation starter. 3.20 ERA in 32 starts back in 2018 throws hard, um, uh, he's he's a right-hander. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells O-H, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. So uh, I don't know how many more right-handers we're going to add to this rotation, but if we're not bringing back Tanaka, Talion could be an option, especially in you know the middle to the back end of the rotation. I don't know. This this seems like something that the Yankees should discuss, but I don't know if I'm in support of it. Well, my thing is Josh Bell is basically the Gary Sanchez of Luke Voigt's. Like he <laughs> he had an all-star 2019 season because he had an all-star first half. He was terrible in the second half, hit 220 with much of his power coming in the first half. It was like 27 of the 37 homers in the first. He had a first half for the ages. It was like 27 homers, 85 or 90 RBI or something. And then he finished with 37 115 I don't remember the RBI number but it's the vast majority of his damage happened in the first half 
And then the shortened season, he was dreadful. So he hasn't been good since pre-July 2019. Um, so, it, you know, the Yankees should have more lefty bats. It, it's, it's a should have, right? We'd love to have more lefty bats. If you could reconstruct a roster from scratch, you'd put more lefty bats on it. But unless you want to platoon Luke Voigt with Josh Bell, there's no role for Josh Bell on this team unless you want to trade Luke Voigt for Francisco Lindor uh, or something and upgrade the shortstop spot tremendously, let DJ walk. Um, but you would be downgrading moving from Voigt to Bell other than changing the handedness. Voigt is a more consistent player. He means more to this team. And yes, he actually is stronger on defense than Josh Bell. Now, a lefty bat with monster exit velocity and power is someone you, you want to try to get under contract. Like that, That's somebody you objectively want to chase um, for all of his warts. But I don't really see how Bell fits on this roster with Voight. And the first base spot gets worse if you slot Bell in there. And instead of Voight, who is right about neck and neck with DJ LeMahieu for the team MVP, even if people don't want to acknowledge that, um, you know, DJ gets the love because DJ is DJ, but Luke Boyd is almost as important a player as DJ LeMahieu. Um, as for the pitcher, I'm on record. I think uh, Tyon is a great three uh, at this point. Assuming he comes back from injury strong, uh, he had a surgery in August 2019, I believe. People don't often get the second surgery. So it, as commonplace as Tommy John has become, and as easy as it has been over the past couple of years, past decade of baseball, to just say that someone will get Tommy John, you get out of the way, you come back. Uh, I heard they even throw harder, like, which is like the, I heard boob feels like a bag of sand. Like, <laughs> nobody knows. Like, nobody's like, I'm a pitcher, and when I got it, I threw harder. Like, okay, buddy. But, like, people have sort of just accepted Tommy John as part of becoming a power pitcher. And then, you know, you could be Jameson Tyon. You could get it twice. That's not great. Like, that that doesn't bode well for his arm holding up over time necessarily. Although, if one makes you safe, theoretically two makes you the safest bet of all time. So that's great. Um, but if Tyon comes back strong, he will eventually be sort of a great number three for this team. 3.2 ERA in his last full season. Uh, very, very good pitcher and formerly like a top 10 prospect in all of baseball who's been harnessing his stuff uh, and finally put it together in 2018, but then 2019, obviously the pretty big setback and didn't get to pitch in this pandemic shortened year was humorously playing catch in his backyard and, and showed his recovery and process, but we didn't get to see it in action. Uh, but I'm a huge fan. And I think that, you know, before Luis Severino comes back, it's sort of an iffy top of the rotation. Although I'd rather have Tyon in the number two spot than Jordan Montgomery. Um, but once Severino comes back and maybe Tyon gets to bump back down to a three, I think he's exactly the kind of guy the Yankees should be chasing. Um, they, they need to improve their rotation in some capacity, whether it's through paying money to do that or uh, paying prospect capital to do that. They, they can't enter the season with the current rotation, which includes both Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt, uh, which isn't the worst thing in the world, except for the fact that you want those guys as your insurance. If you lose someone, you don't want those people to suddenly be your two and three starters. Uh, and then the people you're bringing up from the minor leagues to get starts are like Nick Nelson and all these completely unknown quantities. Um, I'm on record. I think that the rotation by the time we start the season will be Cole, someone like Tyon or Tyon, uh, Taiwan Walker, and then uh, Montgomery, Garcia, Schmidt, Herman, some combination of those guys. And then another guy gets bumped out when Severino comes back. Uh, that's my take. Um, I, I'm all on board for Tyon, and he's exactly the kind of trade acquisition that we probably hadn't thought of 
Um, I don't know. He might be the best of the bunch there. Like, I don't know if Cashman's going to pull something better than Jameson Tyon out of his pocket. Uh, but if somebody joins the rotation, it's probably going to be a trade acquisition and it's probably going to be somebody you're not thinking about. Not Sonny Gray. You know, that's a far-fetched uh, dream of a certain sect of people. But uh, I think Tyon is more realistic. And maybe there's somebody else like him sitting around somewhere. Although I don't know who that might be. There aren't that many bad baseball teams left. And most of them have already done their selling like Lance Lynn. Uh, so unless you love Jordan Lyles, uh, I think the Rangers are closed and it's probably going to be something like Tyon. Um, so in terms of trade acquisitions, we do have to mention that a lot of people have thrown cold water on the Francisco Lindor to the Yankees uh, buzz or non buzz this week. Jeff Passan became the latest going on the talking baseball uh, winter meetings, John boy media, you know, all day special trolling trolling them he trolled them he said that Lindor was most likely to end up in either Toronto or New York and then when they went silent he was like not the Yankees no good lord so like (laughs) people are throwing cold water on it uh and I I personally don't think the Mets seem as involved as the Blue Jays who keep ducking the questions and being cute about it and saying you know can't Ross Atkins the GM keeps popping up on MLB Network in places and going he's a great player but I I simply can't comment you know while like taking a, a big sip of water and a wink at the camera. So you read the tea leaves and, and from what all the insiders are saying while they're laughing at us, it, it does feel like Lindor to Toronto is becoming a reality. Sadly. And this is what we kind of were worrying about like behind the scenes for a little while, because well, the blue Jays are linked to everybody. They've done a great job in creating all this hysteria Um convincing everybody that they're going to be going after all these big names. You literally name a free agent or a trade target. The Blue Jays have put uh, dipped their toe in the water, so to speak. Um, maybe this is their year to spend. We talked about how their payroll, it's only, I think, like $66 million next year and then like $76 million the year after. And then I think once we hit 2023, it, it, it starts escalating. So now is their time to spend, and there's no better time to spend. So if they're going to trade assets for Lindor, who's projected to make 21, 22 million um, in 2021, and then sign him to an extension that would theoretically set them up for the next eight years to be very annoying. Uh, the Mets, I think the Mets are, Steve Cohen takes, takes over this team. Everyone's looking at him like, oh, you're a mega billionaire. So you're just going to spend. I don't think he's that dumb to just start making every move. I think he is going to wait for the market to develop, to develop in some capacity. I mean, obviously that's what's happening or else he would have signed all the guys that they're linked to at this point. Um, he's a businessman. He's a billionaire for a reason. He's not just going to say, Oh, JT Romuto blank check, Trevor Bauer blank check, Lindor will give away all our farm system and you get a blank check too. Not mm-hmm. going to work like that, but I have to say it is good news that the Yankees probably aren't going to do this might be an unpopular opinion, but guess what? Blowing up, the infield like that um, and altering the status quo to that magnitude, I don't think is good for this team. The roster is complicated. Look, it's not good enough to win a world series. We know that, but it's also not bad enough to start making these, uh, these foundational alterations um, to mess with the chemistry and, you know, mess with the blueprint that's in place. I like Lindor. I would take him on my team every day. I'm not really going to trade for him and then let our MVP go, give up assets, let our MVP go, and then put another $200 million contract on the books. 
you want to talk about money? I don't give a shit how much money the Yankees spend. I hope they spend a billion dollars. But guess what? The only reason we have to be worried about spending more money is because we're going to be hamstrung for the years to come. And that's not because fans are worried. That's because we've seen what the front office has done. So when we're at, when, when real people, we see everybody arguing on Twitter, DJ, you know, we're not giving DJ five years. Why the hell would we do that? It's like, who cares if you give him five years or not? Like, why, why are you pretending like this is, this is your checkbook? It's not your checkbook. It's, it's Hal Steinbrenner's checkbook. The only reason you should be worried is because of the restraints that the Yankees have put on themselves in over the last four or five years that make you wonder, okay, great. So we have Stanton on their contract for another seven years and he's making 26 million per Garrett Cole, same deal. That's going to, that's going to affect the spending later on. So adding another guy like Lindor, who's going to be making between 25 and 30 million a year is probably not great in terms of making additions where you need to elsewhere. So I want to bring DJ back. I want to give Glaber another year at short. If it doesn't work out, then probably going to have to trade Glaber Torres for a pitcher. And then that would help with the payroll situation too. I don't know what it's going to be, but glad that Lindor is kind of not really on the Yankees. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Radar or it's not a possibility based on whatever Passon said. I trust him. Whatever he says is pretty much the next best thing to the truth. Um, and I think that this should kind of just do away with the chatter that we have in Yankee land right now. We don't need to be speculating on how we're going to reconstruct an infield. That's already fine. We just have had a bad 60 game slate from Glaber who apparently wasn't even in shape to start the season. So maybe that was the problem. I don't know, but Lindor love him. Don't really need him. And if we do need a new shortstop, we'll wait till next off season when we'll have the pick of five different ones. Yes, we are going to talk more about that when we come back from a quick break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Yeah, that, I mean, that's it, right? Like, if you desperately need a new shortstop after 2021, then great. They're gonna, there are five available. They all cost money alone. There is no reason to blow up the farm system in order to either obtain Lindor and mess with the infield or just block the Blue Jays from blowing up their farm system and messing with the infield. The Blue Jays still need pitching. Um, they, you know, they have a great offense. They're going to have a great offense, whether or not Lindor's on the team. Um, let them deal Nate Pearson for Francisco Lindor while we wait and see who we might want to offer an extension to next offseason. And that person could be Glaber Torres, who might be a fantastic shortstop in 2021 and hit 42 homers. So, you know, uh, that's just the situation at hand. The worst things... The three worst things that have happened to discourse on Twitter, I mean, Twitter might be the worst thing that happened to sports fan discourse, <laughs> but the three worst things that have happened to sports fan discourse over the past like decade or so, uh, educating fans about tanking, fans shouldn't know about that, and it colors every decision they make. And so when their team, you know, when their four and eight football team wins a game, uh, they're furious. It, when a football team goes 0-2, they start being like, here comes a tank, let's go. If you want our, If you want us to win, you're an idiot. Like, one of the worst pieces of discourse. Uh, number two is educating fans too much about the farm system, unfortunately. Uh, it's very good to be informed, but who knew that fans would just fall in love with prospecting? 
And this is why I screamed about Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski built a 108-win World Series team in Boston, uh, the, the greatest Red Sox team in history. And still fans are like, terrible GM. He traded our whole farm system. He gave you the best season you will ever see. Just Can you just accept what's happening in the now instead of being like, you know, I, I hope we have a farm system so maybe we can be almost as good as 108 wins in 2028. Okay, please stop. You have to stop. Like You have to figure out how to balance that. And then the third one, is somehow getting fans invested in the team's finances. Like, and that may honestly be number one. Like, it, you shouldn't care about, only only care about finances if someone has come right out and said, we are not spending on X if we spend on Y. Then you have to reckon with what that means uh, for the finances. But otherwise, you shouldn't be preemptively saying, I don't think the Yankees can afford five years of DJ. I don't think the Yankees can afford it. Who cares? You know, isn't he the isn't he the greatest player on the current roster? And the worst case scenario, he's a 37 year old best bench bat. It, it's fine. It's all going to be fine. The Yankees can withstand any length of any deal if they can survive Giancarlo Stanton to to sign Garrett Cole. They can survive anything. So if someone tells you to worry about the finances, then worry about them. But do not worry about giving someone an extra year of control. Uh, it's not your money, and it's not going to hamstring the roster in any way. Which brings us to Brian Cashman's summit. Uh, yesterday on the Yes Network Hot Stove Show in which he uh, was asked about the pursuit of DJ LeMayhew and said, you know, he's our guy. Hopefully there's a happy ending there. We're talking to him. And all the platitudes that you want to hear out of out of someone mid-pursuit, that's great. And then when he got asked about Masahiro Tanaka, he was like, oh, look at the time. Oh, look at the sunset. What a beautiful uh, sky. Like, it couldn't have said less about Tanaka's existence, um, which isn't great. And so... That is a scenario where uh, I think you can you can almost count Tanaka out at this point for a return, regardless of LeMahieu's standing with the organization. A lot of people are sort of saying that, uh, or at least getting you to read between the lines so that you can say that. Um, that is a scenario where the finances do matter. Um, if you have Brian Cashman sort of going as far as he possibly can without saying that we will not sign both DJ LeMahieu and Masahiro Tanaka while saying it. I mean, that, that's what he's saying. So if you want to bring that financial point to the table, it's legitimate because you've got the GM, you know, going as far as towards the line as he possibly can without saying it out loud. But I think we, we're going to have to start reckoning with the reality that this rotation is either going to be a, we're a lateral move away or it's going to regress uh, unless a guy like Schmidt or a guy like Garcia is, a, is unbelievable, or unless Luis Severino comes back in midseason and is, is an ace-like version of Luis Severino. Yeah. Uh, dare I say this was, like, the worst news that we've gotten all offseason, just this 10 minutes with Brian Cashman. It, it could – I don't know how you could characterize it as good. He said Glaber was out of sh- uh, out of shape after, uh, after the first spring training. So when the MLB went on lockdown and they came back for summer camp, Glaber was apparently somehow out of shape when late June, early July rolled around. Uh, that core 15. I mean, we all did that. He's probably baking sourdough bread, <laughs> eating his own bread. I mean, I, I just, it was a tough time. I, yeah, I, I guess. But I, I, have no, I don't know how that like I, everybody had trouble training. I know we saw the videos of the players in isolation. They're like, this sucks. This is difficult. But like, that's bad. He that's a pivotal season for him. It's his first year at full time at shortstop. Like, you can't do that. So that's not good news. And then they're asking about Cashman uh, in regards to Torres' defense. And he's like, eh, well, you know, I think he's a better second baseman than a shortstop, but I think he could probably play shortstop. All right, so what does that mean? 
I don't, I don't understand what, what that does means. that mean. I guess, yeah. you know, I respect the honesty. I really do. But now we're confused because if you bring back DJ and you have him at second and you don't really trust Glaber at short. So this is not the first time he has expressed a distrust in Glaber at shortstop. When the end of season press conferences came along, he didn't commit to him as the starting shortstop of the future. And he didn't even really commit to him for 2021. So this is just more of the same uh, in terms of that commentary. So now, now you, now you have me thinking, okay, DJ comes back and he's playing second base and you have Glaber at short, but you don't really trust Glaber at short. So what's the leash there? Or are you just going to trade him for pitching and then go with a cost-effective shortstop for now and then reassess your situation after the 2021 season, like we said, when all these guys become free agents, or if DJ doesn't come back, are we just shifting labor over to second base and then going with a cost-effective shortstop and doing that same, doing that same dance as the previous scenario? So I don't know, uh, but I guess this is this is what I, this is what I get for saying that I don't think that the uh, front office and uh, coaching staff is honest because Aaron Boone, after every loss, is hey, you know, this is what it is, and we're still confident, and nothing's really wrong, and it's like, dude, you just lost 10 straight games. Something is wrong. Tell us what's going on, and now I have Brian Cashman telling me that the 23-year-old guy who is supposed to be the next future at shortstop still isn't really the future, so I don't really know, and now he's saying we will try to get DJ LeMahieu back. Uh, that doesn't really instill confidence. Uh, once again, appreciate the honesty, and then you parlay that into the Tanaka comments, but you had Ken Rosenthal uh, and Buster Olney both say yesterday on the John Boy winter meetings that if they do bring back DJ, Tanaka's pretty much not coming back. So that's what everybody's going to have to uh, cope with. And Brian Cashman's commentary pretty much just valid, validated everything that they said. So uh, this is probably the worst thing that we've heard all offseason. And it, it's not like the sky isn't falling, but you have to read into these comments and you, you, there's, there's very little room for optimism there. The reason the sky isn't falling, though, is just because the sky seems to be falling in bits and pieces everywhere in every city across Major League Baseball. <laughs> so, like, the sky is a little bit falling, but it also seems to be falling in in all the municipalities that make up this this league. Um, like the the we talked last week, all the Central Division teams all cut important pieces of their roster. Archie Bradley who showed up in the Yankees jersey. Shout out to him on uh, Instagram. Uh, but Archie Bradley, uh, Kyle Schwarber, Eddie Rosario. And we were talking, it was ridiculous. The Central is making more cuts than any other division. Uh, and then here we are like a week and a half later, not only has no no one signed from that large you know group of unceremonious cuts, uh, no one's even close. No one's rumored. The winter meetings were like, Lance Lynn got traded. Adam Eaton went to the White Sox. And the winter meetings were the White Sox did stuff. It's like they were the only team with the Zoom password. Like they got on the virtual winter meetings, made trades, made signings. Nobody else did anything um, except for the Phillies. Uh, the $2 billion losers uh, decided they were going to hire Dave Dombrowski, who once again is basically my idol. It's because it's the tough decisions, right? I'll just wax poetic about Dombrowski for a couple seconds. Um, you know, no fan wants to give up prospects. I love prospects as much as the next guy. I'm a Baseball America subscriber. Makes me sad when the Yankees lose Garrett Whitlock to the Red Sox in the Rule 5 draft, even though that's, you know, that had to happen. And now he's got to stay there all year or else he comes back. And if he stays there all year, good for him. We were never going to give him an opportunity anyway. Um, sucks. But I love prospects a lot, for sure, for sure. But that's why I'm not a GM. And GMs and presidents of baseball operations have a really tough job 
where they have to assess the president and future and go, how do I make my team freaking better? How do I make them better? I have these guys in the minor leagues who are four years away. I have a roster right now that's pretty good and I want to win a championship. So how do I do that? Uh, it's a really difficult job and it's a difficult job for Dombrowski and Brian Cashman. To, it, it's a tough road to hoe. It's a tough line to walk, but Dombrowski more often than not is like the best at it. He's, he's the smartest at clearing prospects out in, in a proper manner. Uh, he got Craig Kimbrell to Boston, surrendered a lot of prospects at that time who people wanted to hug. And then now those are pretty much a, a bunch of nobodies uh, who, who you wouldn't, you know, recognize in a bar fight. And Craig Kimbrell, you know, didn't close out the World Series because for some reason that was Chris Sale. But there's another one. Chris Sale is someone you'd rather have than Yoan Moncada because he won the Red Sox the World Series. Sorry. And you'd rather have Devers than Moncada. He picked the right one. Like, these are really hard things to do. These are what GMs have to do. And, and Brian Cashman has been a little more reactive than a guy like Dombrowski instead of proactive. And he's sort of, he, he's a great GM. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. And I would, ra I would honestly rather have him than Dombrowski just because it makes me more comfortable to have a guy like Cashman instead of a guy like Dombrowski. But Dombrowski is a, is a consummate modern winner. He wins everywhere he goes. Cashman makes trades that are a stroke of genius, like the Luke Voigt deal and, and these like under-the-radar crazy ninja strike moves. There's a reason he's you know called Ninja Cashman. And he strikes while the iron's hot and, and pulls off huge mega free agent signs like Garrett Cole. Brian Cashman is great at his job, but he, fans are also sort of trained. This brings me back to my larger point are sort of trained to hold on to the prospects they love and make excuses when uh, they aren't, you know, delivered in, 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 you know, an effort to win a championship. And so when Cashman passes on the entire deadline last year, you've got fans being like, well, that price is too high. I, I wouldn't, I simply wouldn't pay that. Okay. Well, you, you don't have to, and that's why the job is difficult because sometimes the person in charge of paying the price does have to pay the price. So I love Cashman. I wouldn't trade him uh, for anybody else, but there are people, you know, he, he is occasionally let the market come to him and balked at prices that maybe he could have reconsidered in the effort of getting the finishing touches on a world champion. Um, so this season, this off season is more difficult than others. Uh, he's definitely hamstrung payment wise. So if Tanaka leaves, I don't think that's an example of him, you know, resting on his laurels. Um, but at the same time, if Tanaka leaves, he's going to have to do something. He's going to have to do something, whether it's Jameson Tyon or Taiwan Walker type, a back end of the rotation uh, bargain bin free agent signing or both. Um, but if he, if he lets Tanaka walk and gets out of this off season without supplementing the rotation at all, you're going to have fans saying, you know, the price was too high. What do you expect him to do? We can't hamstring the roster. The same guys you see, you can't give DJ five years. At a certain point, you have to do things in the interest of winning because it, it doesn't last forever. I think you got to go bigger than, than uh, like Walker or Talion. I think what the, your, the point you're making about Dombrowski is that we don't have a happy medium in the Yankees front office. We make big splashes in free agency. Obviously, they're lesser and lesser as the years go on. But a lot of the trades we make are the shrewd. They're, they're not Rays-esque, but it's like the next level up. It's... We, we want to be the Rays so yeah. bad. I know. We're so certainly try, trying to be the Rays. It's more analytical. Uh, it's more analytics-driven in the Yankees' front office as it's ever been. But the trades that we're making, you're right, are, they're, not, they're not exactly reactive. They're proactive in a sense where it's like, I'm going to super, super get into these players that I like because I'm not going to be giving up major assets and it's not going to feel like that much of a risk. 
uh, and that makes them that probably makes them feel good because like you give up Chas and Shreve and Giovanni Gallegos for Luke Voigt, and now you have your first baseman of the future ostensibly, and you gave up two guys that don't really matter. Gallegos probably would have been okay in our bullpen, but like we don't need him. Uh, but the same goes that you know the same goes for all these other guys that we have. We have a very good farm system. People are I, people on Twitter saying the Yankees farm system sucks. I don't know what you're talking about. You suck actually. Yeah, you um, suck, loser. You suck. Uh, but seriously, we have a, we have a stacked farm system. And not only that, a lot of these guys are blocked depending on, I know a lot of it depends on what the future of some of these players are on the major league roster, but guess what? If it, if it comes to getting a number two pitcher, like just Aaron Nola is the first thing that comes to mind. I know that's probably not even possible now because Dombrowski's there, but if the (laughs) Phillies, if the Phillies come to you and ask for like, you know, three top 10 prospects for Aaron Nola, just, just do it. Who like, and I, okay. Leave progressives. Home court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff. You definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone forward on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use progressives home court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Dominguez out of it. Leave Jason Dominguez out of it because he is some something nobody's ever seen before. But if it takes, you know, uh, three or maybe even four of the other guys in the top ten, just do it. This guy is going to – the that's the security you need. That's the big move that you need to kind of uh, escape the shell that, that, that you're in of doing these comfortable, cost-effective – semi under the radar trades rather than the big blockbuster one that can really put you over the edge. But that's where I think the happy medium needs to be met somewhere there. And I thought this off season was the time to do it because all these teams are trying to sell off their big players, stack their farm system, save some money in the interim and then build over the next three years. But the winter meetings didn't really show me anything. So I guess we'll have to see how the rest of the off season transpires. Yeah. November 13th, 2015, the, the Padres traded Craig Kimbrell to the Red Sox in exchange for Manuel Margot, who's worse than Jackie Bradley Jr., and they don't miss. Javi Guerra, who's a top-10 prospect at the time, disappeared. Carlos Esuaje, also a top-10 prospect, disappeared. And Logan Allen. Those are the kind of moves that, that a GM gets panned for at the time and celebrated four years later when you are in duck boats going down Jersey Street and celebrating a World Series title with 108 wins. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, folks, that's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast when we got really, really real uh, about the GM moves to come. Uh, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure it's us that you get when you get those podcasts. Leave us a five-star review if you wouldn't mind. We'd love if you did it. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Also, please head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We're still cooking up these trade scenarios. We're dying for something to happen. Creativity is on the rise at yanksgoyard.com. And also, it's Pizza Friday, guys. Enjoy it and have yourself a good weekend. Have yourself a good weekend. Make some steals and make some deals. See ya. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, 
Geico makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.